My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. My guest today is Elena Burdick. She's the president of EB&L Marketing, a full-service HVAC marketing firm. Elena grew up around HVAC and recognized that residential contractors, with their limited time and marketing training, needed help promoting their companies. This led her to open a marketing company that is 100% focused on HVAC. And for the last 25 years, she's traveled the country, working with contractors to help them develop marketing plans, and speaking at manufacturer and distributor events and teaching HVAC marketing boot camps. And I don't know what to call you, whether it's Elena Wellstead Burdick or just Wellstead or just Elena Burdick. I think everyone in the industry knows me as Elena Burdick. So I've, I've hung on to the Burdick, but my name is actually now Elena Wellstead. So I'm pretty much been Elena Burdick Wellstead. Very good. Is there any hyphens in there? Or? Oh, no. Eventually, I'm going to drop the verdict and just go with Wellstead when everybody figures out who this chick is. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember when we met, and I realized it was November of, of 2017 in Scottsdale, Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. That's right. I remember I was taken with your hat. Yes. Awesome hat. Yes. A lot of people like that hat. My wife doesn't, but other people do. So that's... Uh... Yeah, I'm all hat and, and, and no cattle, so there's <laughs> that. Yeah, so first of all, do, do all of us a favor and tell us what you do. Oh, God, I have no idea. I know. No, um, so I own a marketing agency called EB&L Marketing. I've had that for about 20 years now. And that's uh, an agency that is completely 100% focused on the HVAC industry. Because as you know, Mark, it's every little girl's dream to grow up and work with HVAC contractors. Oh, this little girl for sure. I mean, you know, I've, I've always, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't dream of doing it. I kind of defaulted into it. But how did you get started doing that 20 years ago? Well, you know, it's funny. I'm one of those people who grew up around HVAC. Um, my dad actually built chillers his whole life. Uh, ex except for the time that he was a U.S. Marine, he was working here in Syracuse, New York, building chillers on the line. And, um, you know, back then, Carrier was a, a major, major employer in, in the area where I'm in, which is Syracuse, New York. And uh, when I was growing up, if you, know, you either, if you, if you lived in Syracuse, you worked at, at Carrier. Right. Worked for Carrier, and, and that's what I did. Um, out of college, I went to work for a uh, a local advertising agency and I immediately went to work on that account and I was like 30 years ago and I have not been able to get away from these people since. I so, thought it was out. They pulled me back in. That's right. Right. So here we are. <laughs> All these years later. Well, I was impressed once I got to know you and found out a little bit about what you did. I was impressed with, with what you do. Tell us uh, why what you do is valuable to contractors. Well, um, because I put it this way, I went to school for marketing and nobody taught me how to fix a furnace while I was there. Right. So, um, you know, I think contractors really struggle with marketing 
and uh, it's you know it's it's not really in their wheelhouse, and it, it's it's something that's very difficult for them to do. So um, so that's where that's where EBNL marketing comes in. And now that I've had this company for for a long time, I'm actually able. I have wonderful staff, so I'm actually able to get out of the office and travel around the country and teach how to properly market an HVAC business because unfortunately in this industry what we see is a lot of kind of that you know that knee-jerk reactive kind of marketing yes my competitors got an ad on the radio I better get one too yeah that's it exactly or oh my gosh it's now it's December 1st I've got to use up you know that ten thousand dollars of co-op or I'm going to lose it by the end of I've got to use it up in three well what am I going to do well I'm going to buy hats and pens and you know right. all really nice to have but it's not really moving you towards your marketing goals so so contractors um you know they're hard-working folks they they need a lot of help um and and that's what i do it's so funny when you said i went to school for marketing and i never learned how to fix a furnace i went to school to learn how to fix a furnace and i never learned about marketing and now people tell me i'm pretty good at it and i'm like huh well you know i just hang around really smart people like you so so (laughs) walk me through the process so when you when a contractor comes to you whether that's you teaching a class or a workshop or you know I, i guess the first question is how do they find you and then once they find you how do you go about working with them um, well, you know, I've been around a long time. EBNL's been around a, a long time, so we're pretty easy to find. We're on the on the web, and we're affiliated with several manufacturers. And you know, we're always at dealer meetings and distributor meetings. And um, I'm always walking around at at uh, Ashray HR, so so I'm around. Um, so um, and a lot of times, you know, I'll be working with a distributor. And the distributor will ask me to speak to their top five dealers and, and help them with a marketing plan, or they'll yes. bring to uh, to do a keynote speech or to teach a class on marketing. And then uh, from that, I'll end up working with some of the dealers in that in that class who kind of want to take it to the next level. And I think dealers typically come to to me and to my company when when they're you know they're in transition or they're just sort of ready to take it to the next level. Um, you know, they're stuck at that million, $2 million mark. They can't, can't quite get off that plateau. Uh, and they're realizing, oh, marketing isn't just something that you do, you know, just, just enough of to get by. Uh, marketing is actually part of an integral business plan. It's an integral part of a successful business. And you catch them at a crossroads. I do. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, uh, that's how I get a lot of business too, is whenever I'm speaking, business usually happens. But when the student's ready, the teacher shows up, right? So those folks, when they're at that crossroads are teachable. They're willing to try something they've never done before. Right, right, that is true. So what is it you love most about your work? Um, you know, I <laughs> I don't love the travel, but once I'm once I'm where I'm going, I really enjoy teaching the classes and um, uh, just just being out there with the dealers and listening to their stories and and you can just sometimes see that light bulb come on and I think that's that's the fun for me. It's actually physically out there and teaching the classes and making the, the speeches and, and all of that. I call those ahas when they have that aha moment 
Yeah, that's your favorite part too, isn't it? It really is. And then, well, my, my very favorite part is after they have the ahas and then they go try something that I suggest and then they come back and tell me that it worked. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. Oh, yeah. Right? It's yeah. validating. You're excited for them because you know they've just taken it to the next level and it's gratifying for you personally because you know you're making a difference. Oh, yeah. I just had this, this really sweet young dealer um, he was adorable. <laughs> He'd been out on his own for a couple years and um, he was just kind of starting to, to get things going. And when I sat down with him to do a marketing consult, I asked him to give me four goals. I said, you know, Dan, just give me, give me four goals that, that are important to you that, you know, and then, and then let me apply marketing strategy to help you meet those goals. But what are those goals, those big overlying goals? And the first thing he said was, geez, Elena, I'd really like to get out of my dining room. <laughs> right. He caught himself, and he said, "Well, um, gee, then, you know that no, that's okay. That that's not a goal. That's that you know that's that's not about marketing." And I said, "No, that's that's fine. Let's yeah. that's one goal. Let's put that as a goal. Let's work towards that." And then we talked through, and he gave me three or four more goals. So a week passes, and now we're getting together to go over the marketing plan that I've put together for him. And he pops up on on Skype, and the fr he's like bursting. He can't wait to tell me. He says, "Guess what, Elena?" I went out and I got that office space. Yeah. No more dining room table. He was so excited. And it's because he wrote those goals down. Right. Held himself accountable. And then he went out and did it. And he felt really good. And I felt really good. So right. I exactly what you mean. First you work on goals and they work on you. Isn't that amazing? Well, you know, a, a smart man told me that once. He's really tall and he doesn't have any hair. <laughs> well, he wore it out praying. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know what the other men's excuses are. So, so if you were to offer three pieces of advice to oh. a contractor about marketing, what are the three things you'd suggest? Oh, wait, put me on the spot, Mark. I know. Hey, we don't have all morning here. We got to get right to the good stuff. Well, it, I told you it's not morning here. It's already afternoon here. Snowy <laughs> Syracuse. Um, three pieces of advice. Okay, so I guess what I would say is that... Um, all of your marketing should be goal-driven. Absolutely. Um, stay away from that reactive knee-jerk marketing. All of your marketing should be goal-driven. Uh, your brand is super, super, super important for HVAC, uh, especially now as, as we're working with, um, you know, things like Alexa and all of these, these home, oh, I can't even think of what you call them now, the, the, um, you know, when you ask Alexa, when, when you're asking Alexa to find you um, an, an HVAC contractor, branding is super important because you want people to be asking for you by name and that's what a good solid brand will do for you. And then I think one of the most important things that HVAC contractors uh, tend to overlook and it's, it's really important and it's really easy is to market to your existing customers. I mean, those are the low hanging fruit right there. Right. So that's, that's, those are the first and foremost people you want to market to. They're the easiest people to market to. They're the cheapest people to market to, and you're going to get the best response from them. So those are, there you go. Those are my three. Those are my top three. Someone asked me once what I thought marketing was. And I said, marketing is keeping strict accounts and staying in touch on a regular basis. And I don't know if that's the perfect definition, but that was mine at the time. Would you agree with that? That's a good definition. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because marketing is getting the phone to ring, sales is closing the deal, right? So 
you teach marketing, I teach sales training, but you need both. I used to think that, you know, sales was all that mattered. And the reality is I've become a fairly decent marketer and I'd like to think of myself as one anyway. But uh, if you, what's the best business advice you ever got from someone, a mentor or a coach? Oh, wow. Wow, you couldn't have prepared me for that one, huh? I know, right? Man, what's the I think, I think, you know, in my early days, I remember someone saying to me, I, I was talking about how I was working with these distributors and, and I said, <laughs> it's going to boil down to ask for that sale. Um, because I was working with these distributors and doing all this, this background stuff. And I remember saying to this colleague of mine, like, oh, this distributor, they love me. They, they, and he said, yeah, but they're not buying from me. Right. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, um, so that's sales and marketing <laughs> hand in hand, but right. that's a really good piece of business advice. Cause I'm, well now I'm old, so I just ask for what I want. But back then when you're young, you're a little more careful, right? So. Well, you're afraid. Yeah, you're afraid, but I wish I'd, I'd known how great it feels to not be afraid when I was in my twenties and thirties. <laughs> Don't you? Uh, well, you know, I ask audiences, do you remember your first dance? And of course, everybody says yes. And then I say, do you, do you remember the girls were on one side and the boys were on the other and Nary the Twain shall meet? And they said, yeah. I said, why, why were you afraid of going across the room to ask her to dance? And, you know, the obvious answer comes back, rejection. I said, yeah, that's not the true one. The true one is the long walk back. <laughs> We were terrified of the long walk back, of the laughter and the, you know, and so I, I made a decision. I was going to ask girl number one if she said no. I was going to ask girl number two if she said no. All of the 11 girls said no. I was going out the side door and getting drunk. <laughs> Fortunately, girl number four said I'd love to, and I was dancing horribly. Oh, but you know well, what? When you try, we just like when men try you see and unassertive salespeople have skinny kids so you know we can't be afraid to ask but you're <laughs> right i think as we get older you know we become more well not blunt is the word i'm looking for uh and not even indifferent i think just honest yeah and just you realize life's short and the clock's ticking and i gotta i got stuff to do you know i was i was watching a jerry seinfeld interview uh, alec baldwin and he said you know what, what, what things do you absolutely have to get done? You know, we have only have so much more time. He said, well, I have a pretty long list, but the things are on that list. They absolutely have to be done. Right. And I, that's kind of how I feel. And one of those things for me, and as you well know, uh, I write, I write a lot. I write every day, but I was so happy to get a copy of your new book. And by the way, I absolutely loved it. Oh, thank you. I read it in two sittings. So tell us about the book. Well, the book, it, well, first I have to say that you inspired me with all of your books and you were so kind when I met you, you sent me a book, which was so kind of you and I mm. wanted to return the favor. So, um, I, now you've written, I don't know, 27 books and, <laughs> and well, five books and 10 eBooks, but I've got three in the, in the, in the file so that I'm editing now. So of course you do. Of course you do. Well, so I wrote one. <laughs> and when I talked to you the other day, you said, start writing the next one. <laughs> yeah, actually, what I said was record it. Yes. Contractors won't read it. They'll listen to it, but they won't, they won't read it. 
Well, I purposely made it, you know, short and to the point, and I made it kind of fun. Uh, it fun. Marketing, schmarketing, how to market your HVAC business. Uh, we kept it simple. And so <laughs> um, the idea was, uh, you know, I would teach a class and I would get through with the class and people would say, oh, that was great. Thank you so much. How am I going to remember all that? Uh, so I really felt like they needed to, to walk away with some sort of a, a guide to on how to appropriately market an HVAC business because uh, what happens is, you know, people do a lot of marketing, but they're not necessarily doing what's appropriate for an HVAC business. We're a little bit different, aren't we? We're um, not particularly sexy. We're not like other service industries. It's um, not all that cool. <laughs> what I really wanted to do was take it back to the fundamentals because there's there's so many what we call shiny objects out there, right? Like all the, you know, you're constantly being bombarded with different ways to market yourself on the internet and, and, you know, reps are stopping by from the newspaper and the radio and they want you to market with them. It's so hard to know what the, what the right path is, uh, especially when marketing's not your thing. So what I, what I did is I break it down to seven different steps and then I just lay them all out in the book and make it super easy for uh, contractors to put together a marketing plan for themselves and just to keep things interesting <laughs> how did you like the stories in the book you threw some stories in there that were hilarious the one about the uh senior exec you know in vegas made me smile oh but yes I, I have to say okay so here's what i did so um for years now the way i keep my class under control <laughs> is i tell the contractors uh, that after 25 years of of traveling with HVAC contractors to all kinds of different industry events, I have a lot of stories. And I always threaten my classes that I'm writing a book and calling it Stupid Things Men Say to Me on the Road. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, as the class goes on, people will, you know, kind of chide each other and say, well, careful, you don't want to end up in her book. <laughs> right. The cautionary tale. Yeah. So, um, so I know... <laughs> Know our mutual friend Weldon Long, and uh, Wally and I were sitting. I think we were down in Florida, and uh, we had just both spoken at a at a contractor event. We we're having a glass of wine, and I was telling him. He said, "You know, you really need to write a book." And I said, "I know. I've, I've got to get it going." I said, "But my heart wants to write this other book and call it Stupid Things Men Say to Me on the Road, and just write about all the the hilarious things that have happened with 25 years of traveling to." you know, comfort tech and, you know, ashray and all, all the shows and all the dealer meetings. And, and Wally said, well, why don't you combine the two? Why don't you yeah. give solid marketing advice? And, and you sprinkled those stories in there. Sprinkled you stuck them in. And I thought, that's why he drives a Maserati. And I don't because he has all the great ideas. So, so that's what I did. There you have it. That's well, and what I liked about the book, and we had talked about this before, uh, you know, when you do a seminar, sometimes it's overwhelming for the participants. It's just so much new information. What I hear from people is, Mark, listening to you is like trying to take a sip of water from a fire hose. You know, I get it, right? Cramming a lot of information in a short period of time. But what your book does, and what my books do, is it gives them something they can take home and review. And so they'll hear those same insights and stories in the book. So mm -hmm. it's a great leave behind or takeaway. 
And I love the way how each step kind of folds into the next one. It's almost like a puzzle. There's so seven pieces to the puzzle. It is, because it, it, marketing isn't just one thing. It's a lot of things working together. Right. It's interesting because, it, and the book is an easy read. I mean, it's not just because it's short, and it is. It's like, I don't know, 80 pages or something. It's, it's skinny, like my first book, Freedom for Fear, was. But what's great about that is it's not daunting. Yeah. You know, they'll come up to you afterwards and they'll pick it up and they'll go, oh, I can read this. <laughs> and honestly, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, Freedom for Fear sold so many copies is that it's not, it's not intimidating. And your book is not intimidating. So how, do, how does someone get your book? Uh, well, it's available on Amazon. It's that easy. Just that easy. It's what, 20 bucks on Amazon? 20 bucks. Jeez, we spill more coffee in a week. <laughs> right right we throw that we throw that much in coffee away every week so we can we can afford to get that book you can't afford not to buy it if you want to improve your marketing right well that's yeah that's how we look at it for sure the people that have have uh, read it have, have really seemed to like it so uh you know it's kind of scary did you feel scared when you put your first put yourself out there like that with a book oh what i was afraid of was people saying well see i flunked high school english and i have a year of junior college right a solid year you know, I had a 3.0 in college, blood alcohol level. So what I was worried about was, you know, somebody saying, you know, you, you didn't conjugate this verb or you said there when you meant there, that kind of thing. But that's not really what anybody said. They said that book changed my life and I gave it to my kids. And the reason it's done well is people just keep giving it to somebody else. So and then they don't have another copy, so they have to buy another one. Yep. So... Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, gosh, the next question I would ask is, who were your heroes growing up? Who helped shape and, and mold you? You mentioned your father. Who else? Oh, wow. Really? That's where you're going, huh? Oh, well, why not? Actually, uh, my mom was kind of my hero, too. Um, she was, you know, like, my mom was kind of this Lucille Ball kind of woman. She's still around. She's 88. Mm. She's still my hero. She um, she was the fun mom. Like everybody wanted to play at our house because yeah, she was the and uh, and she still is. She's the last one off the dance floor. She still out parties me, out drinks me, out every time. Wow. Every time. I Mark, my boyfriend and I uh, were driving to uh, to her house uh, about a month ago, and we were leaving after work. And it's about a three hour drive. So I called her when I got on the road, and I said, "Hey, mom, it's five o'clock." GPS says we'll be there about eight. She said, oh, okay, I'll try to be home by then. Said, <laughs> where, where are you? She said, well, I'm at happy hour. I said, mom, it's an hour. Happy hour is an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so she continues to, to be my hero. She has no curfew. No, or filter, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So what's the one human quality you most admire? Kindness. Don't even have to think about that one. Mm. Kindness. And don't ever mistake kindness for weakness. They're right. Kindness. Kindness is the new cool. It really is. That's yeah. one of my operating philosophies is be kind. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, when somebody asks me that question, I say, I really like people who are curious. You know, I do this podcast for a variety of reasons, but one of them is I'm just naturally curious. I want to know what the causes of success are, you know? And if you ask 
because I really believe I'll be the same person in five years except for two things, books and people, people and books, which is why this podcast is called Mark Madison on Books and People. Right. When I look back over my history, any success I had was a direct result of those two things, the people I associated with and the books that I read. So have you read any books that had a profound impact on your life? Well, yours, of course. Oh, shoot. You don't have to say that, but thanks. I'll take it. <laughs> a profound impact on my life. Um, I, I have to say, I really, I really enjoyed um, Weldon Long's book too. Uh, the first one, I'm sorry, what was that called? Oh, the one where he's in prison? And how he got out? Yeah, that's a great story. It is a great story. Yeah, I read that in two sittings as well, just like your book. I, you know, it's, I couldn't put it down. Yeah, I read that coming home on the plane after, after I met him the first time, and it was really, really moving. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a voracious reader, and I read anything you, you put in front of me, so it's, it's hard to say which would be the most profound. But, but yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed Enjoyed the book that you sent me for sure. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. What quality do you deplore? What quality do I deplore? You said kindness you admired. What do you deplore in others? Um, I, I, I think bullying. Mm, mean people. People. Mean people who lie. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that too. Yeah, there's a few people out there like that. That's too bad. Well, I mean, even in business, I think, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I remember the early days when money was really tight. And, you know, I just remember just picking up the phone and calling suppliers and saying, hey, you know, I, I can't get you that check this week. Here's what's going on, but I'll, I'll have it for you next week. And they would say, just thank you for calling. Like, thank right. you for so I can plan. You know, and I just like human decency is, is uh, something we need to get back to. Right. Well, that, that's really empathy in action, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Do I get to ask you? Uh, ask me what? What qualities you uh, deplore and what qualities you like the most? Well, uh, gosh, I, I think for me, again, I'd say curiosity, somebody who's passionate about learning. Some of my heroes are guys like Teddy Roosevelt and Bill Beck. And those guys read, you know, like a book a day kind of thing. I'm not at a book a day, but I do two books a week. So I really respect and admire that. Uh, somebody who's that curious to, to pour, pour themselves into learning. And uh, deplore, I, I, I'm with you. I think, um, I think bullies and mean people, I have a hard time with that. My youngest son's 6'11 and 275. And he's, he's a bodybuilder and he's, he's a kickboxer too. He played professional basketball for a few years. And he, he's one of those guys, when he sees bullying, he just walks up and says, that's enough. You know, and you, you think one look at it, he's so imposing, you go, oh, okay, well, I mean, he's never said that to me, but I mean, I've seen him do that to bullies, and it's like, yeah, I like that. That makes me smile. Yeah, well, I, I'm, uh, I'm five foot four, and I, I have found myself saying that's enough. To be <laughs> you can yeah, be well. even when you're little. <laughs> yeah. So shifting gears, what adventures changed your life? Oh my goodness. Wow. These are hard. <laughs> what adventures changed your life? And I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll give you one. And I'm done doing that. Maybe it'll help you. 
So I got an opportunity to speak in Istanbul to 1,500 people at a large construction conference, and it was amazing. And I was there for a week, and it literally changed my life. Uh, the only reason my wife didn't come with me is the boys were on the same college basketball team and they were playing a tournament in California. Otherwise, she would have come with me. But uh, that, was, that was a wow on so many levels. And it, it, it changed the way I looked at uh, what I do, you know, traveling internationally. And, and that, was a, that was a big, big deal. And it's kind of opened up my, my world a little bit. Wow. Oh, I, I don't know if I have any one specific thing like that. I think, um, you know, as you grow, you go through difficult times. And, and I just remember um, going through a particularly rough time uh, about 12 years and, and I remember coming out of it on the other side and thinking uh, for my New Year's resolution, this year I'm going to do things that scare me. Mm. So I think it, you know, coming from a, a really, you know, deep, dark place and then, and then making that decision of, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do some things that are terrifying to me. So I remember I went to Mexico and I, um, I, I <laughs> ran through the jungle with, monkeys screeching over my head and and i i uh, like rappelled down into a cenote and went swimming in a cave underground and wow and i climbed this this really eerie pyramid out in the jungle and it was it was just like i just did all kinds of things that year that scared the heck out of me and and i think that was that kind of changed my life because i realized you know that i had been fearful um and there was really no need to be anymore, ever. That sounds like Chichen Itza almost in Mexico. It wasn't Chichen Itza. Um, I didn't actually go to Chichen Itza. It was a much more obscure one. And I'm trying to think of which one it was. Because you did have to trek back through the jungle to get to it. Oh. That, oh. that whole area, though, is just magnificent. It is. I, I actually went to several different uh, sites. And it was, it was just fascinating. And you could... I don't know how to say this, but you could sort of feel the history. Right. Yeah. yeah it was so old. We think of things that are old. We think, oh, it was 100 years ago it happened. Yeah. When you go, to, you go to Europe or you go to different parts of the country, it's like, oh, that was 4,000 years ago. And it's like, oh, well, that's a lot longer than 100. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I think, international travel changes you. So how would you like to be remembered? I, wow. I, hmm. I think I would like to be remembered as, as someone who helped other people, um, whether it's helped them to market their, their business and, and do well in their lives. Um, and I'd like to be remembered as someone who is kind. When you said, how would you like to be remembered? Uh, my, three grand, my four grandkids just flashed right in front of my face when you said that. Right. <laughs> people that I worry about. Um, remembering me, you know, all the business stuff aside, those are the, those are the ones that count. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like people to be able to say, you know, he made me laugh and he made me cry and he made me think and he inspired me to take action and he made a difference in my life. Uh, well, I think you, I think you're there. I think you got it. Huh, one of my tombstone, I already have it picked out. I told you I was sick. Um, well, I, I have something picked out for my tombstone, too, but I'm not sure if it's appropriate for this time. <laughs> hey, this is a PG show, so keep it clean, sister. Well, uh, I guess one last question. Sure. 
and because you alluded to it, and I'm I'm no spring chicken. I just had my 62nd birthday. I don't even know what a spring chicken is, but I'm I'm told they're they're not new. They're not young. Um, uh, how how should a person handle getting older? With grace. Hmm. That's pretty yeah. good advice. Yeah. Yeah. I met a guy. I met a guy named Doug. He was 92. And I said, how are you today, Doug? He said, I'm so old. I don't even buy green bananas anymore. <laughs> and I thought, when I get to be 92, that's how I want to be, just like Doug. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, I, I'm so grateful uh, for you making the time to share your insights and wisdom. Uh, and my opinion is you're really a teacher and a coach and a pretty darn good one, if you ask me. So thank you for doing that. How does somebody get a hold of you? Uh, well, probably the easiest way is through our website, which is ebandlmarketing.com. So it's ebandlmarketing.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us. And then you can certainly find the book, Marketing Schmarketing, How to Market Your HVAC Business on Amazon. And you can also find it on our website. And one last parting shot. Any, any last words before we go? <laughs> um, happy holidays and happy marketing. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Well, and what I, I like to end every broadcast with, make it a great day unless you have other plans. Oh, see, yeah, I wasn't prepared. Or I would have had something pithy like that. <laughs> I don't know, pith pithy sounds like a really bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. So <laughs> say that five times fast. Well, listen, <laughs> Thank you so much again. And uh, I know it's afternoon in Syracuse, so I'll let you go. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. I'll look forward to it. Thanks, Mark. You're the Take best. Care. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association, or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day, unless you have other plans.